For Truth with a Texas Twang, Fireside Talk Radio, the show where women ponder the things we store in our hearts. Host Kathy Carafi invites experts to talk openly about what women care about, like how to create lifelong companionship, dealing with mental illness in our families, bullying at school, and many others. You name it, we talk about it. Listen in now as Kathy helps us find answers to our most tender questions. Welcome to Camp Crafe's Fireside Talk Radio, where our goal is to ponder over all the tried and true stuff women store in our hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse on this show is Luke 2.19, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. We want to thank Home Instead, our sponsor for this episode. Home Instead Senior Care provides trustworthy, kind-hearted senior home care services. All caregivers are thoroughly screened, extensively trained, professional, and reliable. At Home Instead, it's about providing the highest quality home care services to fit you and your family's needs. Now, I am so excited because Dana Goodrum is back with me, and I want you to look her up, D-A-N-A-G-O-O-D-R-U-M, Dot com, or just buy her book off Amazon, Open With Your Broken. You will love it. You will be so encouraged. Now, Dana, thank you for joining me. Thank you, Kathy. We could start in so many places, but one thing I want to say is if you are a person who has left the church, maybe you were raised there as a kid and you have no use for judgmental Christians, or... If you're a person like me and you love being in your church and you don't understand why your friends, I invite people all the time to come to church with me and they don't want to come. And I don't get it. I mean, I'm like, I love the people at my church. So if you're in either of those two categories, Dana is going to really speak to you today and you're going to love what she has to say because she's so authentic. And she shared all that in her book. Much of her story is in there. We talked about some of it in the episode we did which I'm calling Open With Your Broken. It's mostly Dana's story of how she became this dynamic Christian and and how God is using those broken places. Some of them were self-inflicted brokenness, and some of it, like the MS that she struggles with uh, or rejoices over, as she tells me, those things are not by choosing. They're just part of what God has designed for her life to be about. So, Dana, I want to start with this phrase, this little quote. You, we are facing what is, can be called a dual faith crisis. First is the sleeping body of Christ. And second is an entire generation of young people choosing with purpose to not pursue a life of faith. I thought you really summed that up. That's a quote from one of the things I've read that you've put out there. And I want you to begin talking about that. Why are young people choosing actively to go away from faith? Sure. So the millennial generation, Pew Research Center, did um, this study and survey. And what they found was that 60% of the millennial generation finds that Christians are judgmental. And so that group of um of young people really don't want to associate with a religion that they feel is already judging off the gate. Mm. Um, Especially I think when, if you 
look at even my chapter one, by the time I was to that age range of what we would now see the millennials at, which is your, you know, early 20s to um, early 30s, I had already had a plethora, uh, you know, the Pandora's box of sins and mistakes and things to be uh, ashamed about or, quite frankly, to be judged on. And so I certainly didn't want to walk into a church to have, you know, hypocrite or some other slew of defining characteristics added to labels that I already, you know, felt myself. I think it's so, so beautiful the way you explain that in your book. I I really recommend this as a good read for anybody that is in the church who loves their church, realizes there's something there to be offered. And, and like our church, we love to reach out in our community, but we find people are, we're almost, we're almost starting digging ourselves out of a hole, trying to just convey to people that we're not going to judge them, that we're there to love them, not judge them. Right. And I think that's the best, the best thing that we can realize as Christians is that, you know, as we have said, we all have a chapter one. Yes. The reason is that there's purpose in that, in that pain, there's purpose in the struggle, there's beauty in everybody's broken and God allowed everyone's chapter one for a purpose. Now he didn't cause it, but he allowed it. And so it's, what is, what is it allowed for? Well, if we stay in this place where we are too afraid to talk about it, we're too ashamed to discuss it, or we're still bonded because the enemy is making us feel like we're the only ones that have ever done it. Um, You know, people will judge you if you talk about this or, you know, you um, even as Christians, we think that if we talk about a place of weakness, it means we have a lack of faith. Mm-hmm. And when really the fact that we all need Christ desperately is the whole premise of being a Christian. You um, know, one of my friends talked about that on her episode, Sandy Bristow, in her segment that we did on her wisdom. She talked about how Satan... He loves to make us feel that we're isolated. If he can tell us we are the only ones that ever did that, he's got us exactly where he wants us. And what I understand now is the only way to get out of that place is to find somebody you trust. And we call that confession in the church. I think the word confession is no longer used very well. Really, confession is just telling your friend, like, I could tell you anything, Dana, and and I would trust you with it. I think you're trustworthy. So finding a person that you trust and then telling them the truth about your own life, which the church might have called confession, and, and, and it might have had this, this weird connotation now, especially for people who are post-Catholic but or who are still our beautiful brothers and sisters in the Catholic church. But the word confession means really just to tell the truth. Right. So talk talk to us, especially for my listening friends today. I don't want to miss a chance to talk to you about your forgiveness journal, because I think that really gets to the, the problem is outside of the church, people are thinking, well, I'm too awful. If I go there, they won't be able to accept my horrible sin and my horrible life or the bad decisions I've made. I mean, I certainly felt that way at one point. And so I think it's important for us to 
talk about, well, how do we get to the place where we understand, oh, other people can embrace me in spite of what I reject about myself. Right. Absolutely. So one of the things that I think um, I like about one of the things that I like about the book that I wrote, um, (laughs) but the way that I presented the book for both those who have yet to um, experience the, the intimate relationship with Christ and those who are already in the church and know of that relationship with Christ, it allows you to find two purposes in the book. One is to maybe refresh your own relationship if it needs some refreshing, or two, to figure out how to walk others through the point of where they, where I was, and then get them to the point of being comfortable enough to come into the house of God. And so I wrote the book in a way of, if I was in that broken place still and needed someone to come alongside me, what would that message look like? And how could that message walk someone along if all they had was a book? You know, they're, they're not yet going into God's house to get the message and the fullness of his fellowship and his spirit and his people. And so with that, when you look at forgiveness, there's, there's two major points to that. One is believers. Sometimes we still have um, trouble accepting the fullness of grace, the fullness of God's mercy. And so when we want to go and talk to someone else about what that looks like, is to make sure that we've done what what I call in the book a forgiveness journal. And so it sounds kind of hokey, and and I totally get full disclosure in the book. I'm not naive to think that, you know, a forgiveness journal doesn't sound hokey. However, (laughs) doing it, I've walked all of these things out. And so writing down, literally praying to God, having him search your heart, helping him, having him help you identify people or situations that you have yet to forgive is an incredible experience. There were people that came up through this process that, you know, from college years and years and years ago that I had no idea I still had stuff in there about. But once you start writing and you see what you write, you're like, Oh yeah, yeah, I guess I do. Okay. I think bitterness is such a root of, uh, destruction in people's lives. I'm really happy that you're talking about forgiving not only ourselves, but others. Once we get free enough to be thankful, what, gratitude is so empowering. It's the opposite of bitterness. And so, but, but if we carry bitterness or unforgiveness around, then we don't have room for the gratitude and gratitude is what empowers us and gives us energy. Absolutely. And I think once you once you examine your heart and you find um, those areas that you need forgiveness, one of the things I, I really asked God to help me do was to see these individuals with the eyes of Christ. Mm-hmm. And when you're able to start looking at individuals the way Jesus looks at them as sons and daughters of him that are just in a different place as you, um, that are equally fallible, that can absolutely hurt people just as we can hurt people, then you can start offering this forgiveness. And when you're able to offer forgiveness for, for these hurts that you have, you know, felt were pretty deep, then it helps you be able to receive forgiveness for these 
things and mistakes that you felt might not have been forgivable. And that's really the process of how you go to, you know, offering grace, offering mercy to get to a place of really understanding that receipt of it. I love it. We're going to the break, and I want you to remember to find Dana Goodrum, G-O-O-D-R-U-M.com, and get all her information. And we're going to keep talking to her about these subjects. We're going to have more when we come back. We don't want to miss a moment at Fireside Talk Radio, so stay tuned for more adventures as we talk about the things women store and ponder in their hearts. More truth with a Texas twang when we return. Y'all to see my blue-eyed Sally. She lives way down on Shimbone Alley. The number on the gate and the number on the door in the next house over is a grocery store. I knew Mom wanted to stay at home. It's the center of her family, her life. But helping Mom stay in her home while managing mine was just too much. Honestly, it wasn't just about me. Mom didn't want me to be her caretaker. She wanted me to be her daughter. I felt so alone until I found out about Home Instead Senior Care. When we met the people at Home Instead, we just knew they were different. The experience was personal. They understood how we were all feeling. They just cared. Because of Home Instead Senior Care, Mom now has a caregiver who can help her stay home. But more importantly, they've made an incredible connection I never expected. And Home Instead changed my life, too. I've found balance again, and most importantly, for Mom and me, I get to be her daughter again. Home Instead Senior Care. To us, it's personal. This is Kathy. As women, we have a lot to ponder, but even the toughest topics are easier when we open up authentically and share our tenderest wisdom with each other. During this break, I want to mention a special way you can help other women. You can sign up for our blog and share it with your friends. Our podcasts are designed to create tools to talk about the toughest topics at home or at work. You can help by going to Kathy Crafty, C-A-T-H-Y-K-R-A-F as in Frank, V as in Victor, E as in Edward, dot com. We hope you love sharing these conversational adventures as much as we love bringing in experts to tell their stories and share their wisdom. Truth with a Texas twang spoken here. We want to thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at Fireside Talk Radio, where we talk openly about the things women store and ponder in their hearts, where truth and Texas twang meet. Hey, welcome back. We're talking to Dana Goodrum, and she is sharing all this amazing stuff and so much more in her book, Open With Your Broken. Now, she talks about purpose and pain and beauty and everybody's broken. But I want to read a quote from your book, Dana. And I love this because I think it summarizes the way a lot of people feel. So the first one is goes like this. I just don't want to be judged. She said, I'm not like you. I don't have it all together yet. I want to go to church, but something might catch fire if I try to walk in. I think a lot of people feel that way. And I love what you wrote in the next paragraph. So, 
anxiety creeps in when envisioning some picture-perfect museum of holy togetherness picking apart every piece of their flawed lifestyle as they choose their seat in the very last row of the sanctuary, hoping to go unnoticed. Oh my gosh, that just spoke to me, Dana. I love it that you wrote that in your book. Thank you for that. Yeah, no problem. Don't you think so that's... I a- think that that's exactly how so many people yes. feel when they are first trying to make their transition, when they're trying to um, get their toes wet, if you will, um, into their faith walk. And you're terrified. I mean... So many of us, when we get to this um, comfortable place of faith, we forget what it was like at the beginning. And for me, that, that prodigal return is still so new and so fresh. And especially because, man, you're talking about a decade of hot mess mistakes mm. that my return, when Christ reached down in present day and got a hold of me, it was, um, it was nothing short of miraculous in my life. And I tell people, you know, as if Christ dying on the cross for me wasn't enough, he had to come and rescue me in real life for me to, to get the indebtedness to him. <laughs> That's so um, true. Yeah. And it has continued to where now I am on this reckless pursuit uh, as he was for me. Now I am for him to share this message of truth. And in doing that, he has filled me with such confidence. And I think that's, that's not just for me. That is open to anyone who wants to find that self-worth in Christ and who he says we are in him, that you can go from someone who is terrified. I mean, literally terrified of someone even finding out an inkling of my story, let alone the entire chapter, um, to then going to a woman who was so confident in who she was in Christ that I published the entirety of my first chapter, the Mm. deepest, darkest of my moments. And it's, you know, the book is now in, in 10 different countries around the world. And all I can say is praise God, because... It's not about my chapter one. It's about what happens after that. What happens after God got a hold of me. And I'm eager for you to write the next book because I know in your first book, you even mentioned part of the story that you didn't get to go into in a lot of detail. And I I think there there could be another book out of every chapter. So I'm really excited (laughs) about what God is doing in your life and about your writing and, and the beautiful way he is taking this beautiful message and transforming it so that it it is just spread everywhere. And what's so great is people are reading it. They're getting hope from you. I love that. I mean, who would have ever thought, and I I know this feeling. In fact, when I counted back the years that I was a prodigal, I guess, uh, away from God and away from my, my own values, I was pursuing things that were really unhealthy. And I thought it had been like, it felt like a hundred years to me, but it turned out it was only like four or five, but you can do a lot of damage Mm -hmm. in a short time and it will feel like a million years. So turning your life around and coming back like you did, I I just want you to know, I'm so proud of you. Tell me a little bit about your oldest son. How, like, do you mind if I ask how he's doing and how this change has affected him? Sure. So everything that has happened since I've 
come to Christ. And I think that's part of, you know, this amazing story or message that, that Jesus says to go and share. It's not, you know, just about salvation. That is obviously incredible and amazing and, and such a gift to all of us. But there's also this present day, every day walk with Christ that we get to experience. And so for my son, he has watched a mom who used to parent from guilt, from shame, who used to parent. um, I used to yell and scream and I would cuss a lot. And I was just, my emotions were all over the place. Mm. And now he watches me and gets to experience a mother that walks with him. You know, I very Mm. much guide him and we have conversations. I can't remember the last time that, you know, I yelled, but it's such a different walk as a mom. Mm. And it's amazing to know that, you know, when God, when God starts transforming you, he doesn't just take one part of you. Now he doesn't want you to just transform overnight. And that's not the expectation. Some people think that they have to get it all together before they even step foot inside a church. And God wants you in all of your brokenness because that's where he can get in and start transforming it. But he will do and transform every single part of you. I've become a better woman, a better mom, a better mother, a better daughter. I mean, just, better not not as if my progress is done because it by far is not but Mm. i look back and i'm just like oh thank you god for how far you have brought me and for my children to see that faith lived as an example for them that's a reason right there to to rethink i mean for sure my lifestyle i could not take that into parenting My, my kids deserve better and I'm so glad the Lord got a hold of me and, and helped me reevaluate where I was going and how I wanted to get there. I'm so grateful for that. I mean, my kids deserve to have that mother that has a walk of faith. And and I, I just hate the idea that there would be mothers out there that would want to, to, to get there and don't know how to get there and are afraid because the church seems like a museum of spirituality. Just a, a right. dry, scary place where people judge you. In my own church, there are so many stories, and we share those stories freely there. I I just want people to, to, if they're listening, to know our church is Galilee Baptist Church. If you're anywhere in East Texas, you are welcome there, and we don't care what kind of baggage you bring with you. We will be your your friends, and we will figure it out together. That was one of the the phrases that my mother and I adopted in the last year of her life— there were so many things we faced that we didn't know what to expect. And we would say to each other, okay, we've never done this before, but we'll figure it out together. And I, I wish that the church had that on the sign outside, you know, right. we'll figure this out together. Cause to me, that's really what being in the body of Christ is about is figuring it out together and being together and, and sorrow and enjoy all of it sometimes simultaneously. Well, you're just such an encouragement to me, to me, Dana. Tell me, is there anything that you wish we had talked about on the show today? Is there anything you really want? I will tell you, and, and I'll leave this as my, my last piece of wisdom that what I have learned is this, there are, as you grow in your faith or as you understand 
your relationship with God and, and people who have yet to experience that. Um, all I can say is if you're, if you're me at that place of darkness or you have yet to, to understand God or you feel like, eh, I don't get what it's all cracked up to be, I'm telling you there is such an amazing more. There's so mm-hmm. much more to it. Um, but it does, it takes a little bit of a leap of faith, and it's not a lot. All I did was on my one-bedroom apartment floor lift my hands up to the sky, and I told God I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. And what that has led me to, um, you had mentioned at the beginning of this segment, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis at 32. And in the first year of that disease, the neurologist had told me to prepare for blindness. I had a very aggressive strain. Now, I'm a single mom with two kids. Mm. Within... Within this time frame, so I've, I've had it now for three years, I can honestly say I count this as joy. Mm. It has, I have been able to rely on God, surrender to God, grow in my faith, have peace in the middle mm. of storms, and not only that, but meet all different kinds of people in infusion centers and, you know, at appointments mm. and talk to them about God, that he has allowed me opportunity to, and when you are able to come to a place where your faith is that unshakable, oh man, look out world. Because yeah. a woman of, of God or a man of God who, who comes to that place in their faith, mm. uh, God, God has a vessel ready to be used. You know, I love it that you're talking about being a vessel ready to be used and staying outside of a, a, a body of believers because you're, you don't feel you're worthy reminds me, I think I was probably 40 or maybe 50 before I got to the place where I thought, Oh, all these people who are judgmental Christians, that's their sin. And I need to forgive them. Just like I want people to forgive me for my, my abortion or, and my judgmentalness and all the other things that I had kind of wrapped up around me that yucky stuff. And, and I, I had a friend say, well, Sometimes you just have to see people that are not in a wheelchair physically, but their emotional life and their spiritual life is handicapped in the way that they might be. You know, if if you could see it, the re, the reality of it, you would be more compassionate because we can't right. see it as a physical ailment. The emotional and the spiritual ailment ailments sometimes slip past us and we get judgmental back. So we have to close. We only have a minute left. I could talk to you all day. You're you are just such an encouraging and and hope filled, hope spreading person. I I'm really Thank grateful you. that you came on the show, Dana. It's just a blessing to me and to my friends to be able to share your messages and all your ideas. I hope you'll look for Dana at danagoodrum.com and look for her book Open with My Broken uh, Open with Your Broken. It's really an excellent read. You will be very encouraged by it. You have 30 seconds or less. Anything you want to say goodbye to? Uh, I just thank you, Kathy, for having me on the show. And and I encourage you all to check it out and be transparent with your walk because Christ is ready to use you. I love it. KathyCraffy.com, K-R-A-F-V-E.com. For more, you'll find these two podcasts and much more there. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today where we speak truth with a Texas twang about the very things that touch our hearts. Thank you for joining us today and we will see you again next week. Oh, fiddle. Got in.